Making an effort to recruit and retain female talent isn't just fair, it's an advantage. The business world is more competitive than ever. COVID adds another layer of potential strain. Companies like TalkTalk Talk need to be fishing from as wide a talent pool as possible. One way of doing that is recruiting from historically underrepresented groups, with women being the biggest group of all. My name is Dominic Laurie, Head of Comms for TalkTalk, Talk, and this week Lisa Adkin, our Inclusion Manager, and Dara Lee, our Head of Talent Acquisition, discuss with me how companies like ours can make sure everyone is getting a seat at the table. Dara, Lisa, thank you for joining us on Walking the Walk. The topic is how to recruit and retain female talent. Lisa, your first rule, what would you say is important? I would say belonging and inclusion is the most important um, because we can have all of the processes and get diverse talent through the door. But if that sense of belonging isn't there um, when people arrive and start the business, then none of it matters. Um, so that's the key for me is culture. Is that because the default setting may be a culture that is slightly alienating for some women? Is that is that the sort of premise that you still work to? I think it's wider than that. I think it's about everybody being able to bring their whole selves to work. And I know we say these kind of words a lot and we talk about being 100% human a lot and that kind of thing. But we live and breathe that here. Um, and I think that's the key because, you know, from the outside, a business can have a perception of being extremely inclusive and diverse and doing all the right things. But you're only really going to feel that when you walk through the door and actually start working there. And I get, I guess, though, it's also about not having one sense of what a woman is either, because there are some women for whom maternity leave is vital, there's some women for whom it isn't really relevant at all. So I guess it's, it's not having stereotypes, whether you're talking about women in particular. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's no one size fits all approach to this, like any diversity and inclusion strategy. You know, women are multidimensional people, have multidimensional identities like everybody. Um, and we take a very intersectional approach to how we do things um, and we look at women in that way. So, yes, like maternity leave is a great example because not every woman is going to want to take up maternity leave. You know, we've got women who work for us who are LGBT. We've got different races and ethnicities. And we explore all of those experiences and all of those areas that make up a woman. You know, it's not a, right, if we do this, we'll attract women into the business because it's just not that simple. Dara, when it comes to recruiting women, certainly in certain fields like, like tech, which is a big one for us, you know, there's a historic underrepresentation of women in, across industry. Um, how do you make sure that we're widening our talent pool as much as possible when it comes to welcoming women into the business? I think that um, that's when sort of the search methodology that we use as a talent acquisition function here at TalkTalk comes into it, really, because um, it, it's not enough, really, at times just to to sit there and wait for applications to come in, you know, for, for roles, because they could be all male applications in in you know heavily male dominated areas and tech is historically one of those so i think it's about to balance those shortlists why does that happen dara why 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 does that happen why 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 would that default setting happen is it is it just go back to 
school days, university days, just, just, this, just. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It does. Yeah. You know, and it takes a long time for shifts to happen. These are like societal type shifts, aren't they? They don't just happen within a couple of years. It, it's like the people that were coming out of schools, you know, 20 years ago or something uh, and now applying for roles. And if not enough of them were involved in or had the ambition to go down the tech path or weren't, you know, encouraged to go down that path, for example, then we're dealing with that now, you know, and it's inevitable. So so you're talking about proactive you know, so we, you know, we have the situation we have, and we always want to be widening our talent pool to as many as possible. So, how do you, how do you sort of proactively reach out into the community then to make sure that you know we have, for example, some really good female candidates that may not instinctively think that they are at the top of the pile or could be at the top of the pile of the CVs. We'll actively approach them, you know, via LinkedIn and, and via other networks and through referrals from our own networks and asking around, you know, and we'll actively approach them. And then I think that's when we can start to tell our story and get them interested in the opportunity. So whilst they might have seen that job advert and decided not to apply, when we have actual you know, one-to-one contact with them, that's when we can start telling them what sort of business this is, you know, what our culture is like, what our flexibility is like, you know, all of the good stuff that we do, we can have those conversations and start to make those shortlists more balanced as a result. So Lisa, do you feel that it's you only have to sometimes take a couple of steps beyond the obvious and you actually find someone really interesting and someone with a new way of thinking and someone that can add to your diversity of talent in our firm. Yes, yes. And, you know, when we talk about diversity, that's exactly what we're talking about. You know, we're not just talking about the protected characteristics. We're talking about diversity of thought. We're talking about diversity of background, skills, experience, all of that. You know, we want diverse, dynamic teams. um, And that's what we want to create and go after certainly but also on the point of the kind of bigger picture with female talent that I know Dara sort of touched on I think it's important for us to take action uh, across the board in that so it's about us attracting female talent right now into the business but it's also about what are we doing in the community for the bigger picture you know when we're very connected to local universities and doing stuff with schools because we really need to address this in a in an unselfish way because we need to make sure that girls are interested in getting into coding and getting into tech from that age even though they might not end up working here so we we're trying to take positive action across the board in that way and it isn't just in tech either is it you know i i i see it in other areas you know i i think you know, sales type roles in B2B telecoms, for example, I, I see as heavily male, you know, dominated really. And uh, so, you know, that can be challenging. There's, there's, there's other areas as well, I guess, is my point, apart from just the tech functions of the business. Is that, is your job then, Dara, to re-explain the role, to reimagine the role, to sort of say, you think it, it might, you might think the role is this, but actually it's this. You know, I know there's a very prominent senior leader within our business, Jen Mossop Scott, a tech, a tech person. She 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 came at, uh, to tech from an arts background, you know, uh, and then a science background. 
is he, we, we have to we have to sort of be explaining always to people that you may think it's a narrow band of what we're looking for, but actually it's a wide band of skills. Yeah, absolutely. Being and and us as a business being more open to transferable skills sometimes as well, which I think we're we're pretty good at. You know, hiring based on on sort of behaviours and experiences and everything like that, but not not necessarily the exact you know exact skill set that that job description lays out. One of the big challenges, Lisa, is is progressing. If you want. Um, women progressing through a business, you know, through ranks into seniority. Um, it's, it's an issue across, you know, across society, you know, women taking time out for childcare is, is a big factor in that can be, but not the only factor. How do we make sure that we give women the best chance to get promoted, to progress? What does a successful company at that look like? You know, first of all, there's having females in senior leadership roles really role modeling behaviors, really telling their career stories, you know, so that when more junior women look up, they can see people like them and see that opportunity and that they can get those roles. So I think role modeling is really important. And then that leadership shadow that's coming from those senior leaders um, and the allyship is another key area. Um, So having uh, male allies, you know, to show up, to be empathic, to listen um, and to get involved um, in events and show up, basically. You know, the first thing an ally can do is just show up and get involved. So that's a key area. And training, you know, inclusive training is really important. So what does inclusive behaviour look like, you know, in day-to-day world what does unconscious bias look like making sure that our leaders our managers and all of our people are set up for success to have conversations about can you give me an example of that lisa give me give me a prominent a common example of of a, of a, of a common unconscious bias that might prevent uh, a woman rising you know rising through the ranks or something that men can can check themselves at for example a common one could be assuming that a woman of a certain age might want to have children um, that's sort of a classic example of thinking, oh, well, if there's a woman applying for a role in her 30s, is she going to be taking time off for mat leave? Do I need to think about that? And that can be going on unconsciously. And it's about, you know, taking a moment for our managers and hiring managers and leaders to check themselves and think, what is driving my decision making here? You know, what's going on there? Because all it takes is that moment to consider and think about it and be like, what's at play here? And then that unconscious can become conscious and then we can take action to make sure that that doesn't come into play. I think there's another one as well around the assumption that a woman that has children will have to spend a lot of time on, you know, looking after the children, less time therefore spent on work, perhaps, you know, that's a bias that I've heard of in the past, which is, you know, completely wrong and archaic, but it does happen. There are some qualities that men and women share that might hold them back. Um, for example, being quiet in a room, you know, not being perhaps assertive in some people's eyes, in their manager's eyes. So I guess that also managers need to, to realize that talent can lie not necessarily with the alpha assertive behavior. So I guess we're looking towards behaviors that both men and women might have that hold them back, Lisa. Absolutely. You know, it's about challenging those stereotypes and assumptions that can be made on a daily basis. A great example of it is introversion. You know, and some people say that culturally, 
introverts are at a disadvantage because as a, as a society, we look to extroversion and, and that comes out in all sorts of ways in interviews and just life in general, who gets the kind of attention. So it's important to think about that and think about just because someone is quiet, like you say, it doesn't mean they're not going to have the best ideas. And it's about leaders thinking in that way and thinking about dynamic, diverse teams and thinking, right, okay, they're a bit quiet. So I need to consider how I manage that, how I bring out the best in them, how I make sure that they're still heard and their voice is still at the table in spite of being more introverted as a preference. So what I'm hearing from both of you is this isn't a a once, you know, sort of you do it once and then forget about it. There's basically a sort of constant process that managers in a company have to always abide by um, to make sure that we're always being inclusive, whether we're, whether in recruiting and and retaining and managing, it's just it's just a state of being, basically. Yeah, we we don't want a business full of clones, basically, because that that isn't good for anyone, you know. And there's powerful data to back that up. So I think, yeah, having you know whether it's more women in in the business or 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 anything, it's just it's diversity of background, like Lisa mentioned before, you know and diversity of personality and diversity of ways of working and achieving objectives and stuff. It's like people that do everything differently and have different thought processes, but still achieve, you know, the ultimate outcome and goal. Completely agree. You know, innovation, we want to be a business full of innovation and fresh ideas. And when it comes to diversity and inclusion, it's about constantly evolving. You know, we have work to do. We have a lot of work to do. Where are we? What are we doing? And how can we be better? Um, And I think that's what actually we're really good at, constantly checking ourselves and making sure that we're on the right direction of travel. But yeah, there's no end date. There's no silver bullet. It's, you know, it's about constantly changing and adapting um, to be the most inclusive environment that we can be. And we have some great stories, I think, internally, and it's about sharing those as well sometimes to the outside world, internally as well as the outside world, you know, to show paths that people have taken and, uh, and moves they've made, you know, even sideways moves across the business, you know, uh, that don't look obvious on paper, but that we're the type of business that give people those opportunities. And I think it's important to share those for our colleagues internally, but also for prospective colleagues as well. That's all for today. If you like the podcast, please subscribe in your podcast app. And if you have time, give us a review. If you have a suggestion or question, get in touch on Twitter at TalkTalkGroup. You can follow us there or also on LinkedIn. Thanks a lot for listening.